and we're back with the final <gasps> episode what? of But Make It Hallmark for 2023. I'm here with my co-host, Patty. Hey, Patty, happy, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Chingai, and a happy holidays to you and yours. What? What is time? It is, what is this, a circle round and round? Here mm-hmm. we are. We're mm-hmm. back. It hasn't <laughs> even been a week since we last since we last talked. Like we just wrapped up the, the last week of reviews and here we are again. It's a time crunch for us because we're gonna we're making it before the new year, I think. And yeah. as we do every year, we're discussing our top 12 Christmas. Mm. And Miracles of Christmas movies for the year. Yes, we, of course, had to watch all 45 of them. Not had to, we wanted to. We wanted to watch all 45 of them. Some a lot more than others. And Mm -hmm. here we are doing our service to humanity by ranking them according to our favorites. And, of course, not everything is going to make it. Actually, in hindsight, Chinga, I don't know about you, but I realized 2020 was a stacked year when mm-hmm. we looked back on all the craziness. But this year wasn't half terrible. In fact, we were able to scrounge up, you know, our top 12, um, some three runners up. And well, one thing that should be on the naughtiest of lists that we probably shouldn't even bother with anymore. But here we are. Maybe we should just kick it off. Hell hath no fury. <laughs> Like a scorned. (laughs) Like a scorned viewer of heaven down here. If you've listened to our episodes, you know, this one's coming in fresh because we just literally talked about this a few days ago. We just really hated heaven down here, all those people meeting in a diner. I don't know the story. There was a priest. There was that guy Patty hates. I hate him as well, (laughs) Richard Harmon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We... We're proud that Hallmark has um, nixed all the all the people we've wanted to kill off over the past couple of years. Mm. We're, we're we're refreshing the list with everyone from heaven down here. I hope we never see them again, and I hope we never have to talk about them again. So, in case you find yourself drunk on Boxing Day and uh, actually on New Year's Eve, find yourself drunk on New Year's Eve, and you're like, oh, there's this uh, Miracles of Christmas movie that's about to come on, and it's called Heaven Down Here. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn off the TV. Walk away. Do something with your life. We watched it for you so you didn't have to. So, yes. (laughs) Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Getting rid of garbage. Exactly. Garbage does take itself out, and that it is. So, we do have our top 12, but we wanted to just also make sure we did a couple of special mentions. So, these three, these next three that we're going to mention didn't quite make it into the nice list, but it doesn't mean there wasn't something about them. That made us go, ah. And coming in at number 15, I am here to introduce Christmas in Notting Hill uh, with a special clip from my good cousin, Acid, who is my fellow football fan and who had volunteered to see this because I mentioned the words Notting Hill and football. So let's have a listen to what Acid had to say about Christmas in Notting Hill. So Christmas in Notting Hill, it has the bones of a good celeb normie story, which I'm here for. And as a football fan, I feel that this pandered specifically to me. Agreed that the actors who play the sister should have been the lead. This character is outside her normal circumstances for the holidays. So Santa, she had more of a sense of wonder and fun and possibility. The sister gave me that more than Sarah Ramos did. 
totally credit to the energy-changing power of a bob. The boy lead, William Mosley, cute. He sold to me, my life has always been football and I know nothing about love. My one note actually comes from my husband who said that he sounded too posh to be a footballer. He should sound more like Jamie Tart. But if he did, then it would be called Christmas in Manchester, which is probably a different movie, which I would watch nonetheless. Um, but yeah, on the whole, enjoyed it enough. Thanks for the record. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with Acid. I did go into a little debrief with her after I had forced her to watch this movie. And (laughs) you know what? I think we're all in agreement that Sarah Ramos just did this movie a bit of a disservice. We all wished it was sister of Sarah Ramos that became the lead. And maybe next year she gets her spinoff. Maybe next year we see her and her beautiful Bob taking on Notting Hill, taking on London. You think she'd do good with like Will Kemp? Maybe, maybe a bit too young, but I don't mind a little little age gap going on here. Actually, I realize Hallmark doesn't do too big of an age gap, which I think is interesting. Uh, Mm. Not that they're going to start anytime soon, but sorry, Christmas and Notting Hill. Uh, And congrats to making it to number 15. You made it there by sheer uh, footballiness and Londoniness of it all. But... uh, Sarah Ramos, uh, better luck next time. Uh, It speaks a lot to the movie that despite our hate for Sarah Ramos, it still made it kind of into the list, It made it to both our lists. So actually, guys, just so you know, get a sneak peek behind this. How we come up with the top 12 is Chingai and I go in independently and rank our top 12s. And there is some variation among our 12, our fave 12. And then we come up with a aggregated, unscientific way of ranking it. And this is how the cookie crumbled. So at number 14, Chingai, do you want to take it away? Yeah. (laughs) Zaddy is taking <laughs> taking away our hearts once more. He is strong. I think he's pretty consistently in our top oh, yeah. movies every year, despite oh, yeah. every you know, year. Our, our history with him. <laughs> Miss Christmas comes to town, coming in at number 14. I think the absolute like improbability of this happening in real life just, just like did it for me. Like a nurse playing. <laughs> Playing in a uh, grandson, and then and then just making it into like a host thing, and then this movie just like broke Patty because it was Barbara Niven playing Miss Christmas. It was. We we actually liked this movie, so you know, um, Miss Christmas really did come to town. <laughs> <laughs> this really is one of those Christmas miracles. I think if you read it on paper, it's Erica Duran's, it's Zaddy a.k.a. Brandon Elliott, and it's Barbara Niven. This, on theory, just shouldn't work at all. But it did. It did. And it was early on in the season, and so we should have forgotten it. But I think I am bold to say that this season wasn't necessarily the best compared to other years. And so, look at that. Zaddy <laughs> worming his way back into our hearts. And I think this guy is just going to stay there. As much as, you know, we try to uh, forget him, we can't. Christmas in Vienna, we're back. Last year's gift of peace. And look at that. Miss Christmas comes to town at runner-up at number 14. Coming in at number 13. So this one just barely made it to our favorites in the top 12. And... I feel bad for it because it was a different concept, but we have Santa Summit and Hunter King and Benjamin Hollingsworth are 
two actors who I did not know would do well together. And this was a movie where they were literally just together for like the first five minutes or they had a one five minute scene or even less in terms of the amount. And it was like a chase through each, you know, finding each other. And I think that worked in its favor. I didn't think I would appreciate this concept, the Santa Summit thing was just a little too high concept for me and I mean I liked Benjamin Hollingsworth in Love and Style with J.C. Elliott but I haven't really appreciated him in other stuff I think it's the Virgin River um what do you call this uh it's bad residue. boy that yeah <laughs> bad 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 boy bad bad boy uh with a toy. But yeah, this this here he he made it work and I really do like Hunter King. She is I feel this is the fresh blood quote unquote of Hallmark, the younger generation that is ushering the way. And to be fair to Hunter King, she was in the Corgi Christmas one last year. I don't think they made it quite the top 10 either even if it was a Claire Niederpruem film. And I don't think Claire Niederpruem had any films this year because mm-hmm. we didn't see her mark. But yeah, enjoyable. And uh, I think this is like a good, and this is a compliment, okay? This is not a knock on it. I feel like this is a good, like, wrapping your gifts while watching um, movie because you're still paying attention. You're in front of the TV, but you're also not necessarily like, I have to give it like 10 million, you know, percent of my attention. So yeah. <laughs> this is one of the friendship movies this year. I think we had a lot mm. of friend-centric movies. I can't remember. There have been two articles coming out very recently, one for Vulture and one in the New York mm. Times about how yes. uh, Hallmark is eschewing its, you know, its its mainstream cookie cutter. steady, yeah, cookie cutter plot lines and trying to introduce new things. I have a feeling I don't know if this year was particularly less sparkly than other years because of the writer's strike that might have affected it despite that you know we get santa summit where i think that you know it's important that friendships are celebrated and Mm. i think it, it says a lot that even if the interactions between the two romantic leads were very few the the side characters coming in and having their own romantic plot lines going on parallel to the mains, that was still entertaining. And that's why I think this comes in at number 13. Hey, Chengai, you said it quite well. And just a shout out to my father who sent me that New York Times article about <laughs> Hallmark movies. And Chengai, you won't believe where he got it of all places. He got it from one of his like you know, one of my snarky, witty uncles, one of his cabarcadas from high school, from a Viber group. What? Do they do they even know about the podcast? Well, he, why, guess what? Why he why sent to the group. Article? Oh my gosh. <laughs> hello I to know. the titos so, of so the Viber the group. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I hope you like our uh, hot takes. <laughs> As a proud father. Thanks, Dad. Um, but yes, uh, when we are back on But Make It Hallmark, Officially, we are entering 2023's nice list. This is it. We're starting the nice list. The first half, the bottom half of the nice list of movies for 2023. Starting with (laughs) Flipping for Christmas, starring... Marcus Rosner and Ashley Newbro. I um, advocated for this movie just because I have become <laughs> such 
a Marcus Rosner girly. I wasn't before, and now I am. And him playing handyman in that pink romper was so <laughs> surprising. <laughs> How sexy that was. I really like Ashley Newborough and I can't wait to see them together again for oh the golf gosh. movie in January. Patty, is this gonna break our our non-recording streak at the start of the year? <laughs> is it? I don't know, but um they they just look great together on screen. I haven't historically liked any um house flipping movies, so this was new. <laughs> <laughs> isn't isn't there a house flipping movie with Tyler Hines and was there? and Julie Gonzalo or am I dreaming this up? I don't know. There was an Andrew Walker one, but I I didn't like it either. I oh, mean, it wasn't. It didn't stick. A, but this flipping for Christmas was a big surprise. Chingai, how dare you say you advocated for it? It's not even in your personal top twelve. <laughs> She lies. <laughs> okay, let me clarify. Holding you I, accountable. Okay. This is because Marcus Rosner appears twice this in is true. Hallmark this, is true. this year. And I advocated for an Ice Palace Christmas. This one. Not flipping yeah. for Christmas. Fair I, enough. <laughs> I take it back, but I I'm happy that fine. Patty advocated for flipping for Christmas. To be because Marcus Rosner deserves to be in the list as he has done more work than any other actor this year. I did forget about Miss Christmas Comes to Town, but then I think I forgot it on purpose. So it's okay. This is this is called teamwork, and Shingai and I make concessions for each other. But also, mm-hmm. there are 45 movies. You are bound to forget one of them. I know in your heart of hearts, Flipping for Christmas was there because you. you loved this movie so much. I did. I really did. And I still remember us texting while you were watching this because you were like, (laughs) why am I enjoying this? It is a makeover movie. And Mm -hmm. you know what? Sometimes that really is the magic of the holiday. So guys, in case you are in the middle of a remodel, this is the movie for you. This is the movie for you. Ashley Newbro is, again, a beautiful person doing beautiful things. I kind of consider her like the anti-Barbie because she could be a Barbie, but she's not blonde and she's not Brooke. Sorry, Brooke, I'm not hating on you <laughs> this episode once again, but I'm really, I, I think, Chingai, I think we will break our January no recording streak because the January movies don't look half bad. I don't know if they just cut it interestingly, but it's a Marcus Rosner, Marcus Rosner golf. I do need to get into exercise in January, so maybe this is going to help me. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Let's see. All right. Coming in at number 11, we have a not-so-royal Christmas. Speaking of Brooke D'Orsay. <laughs> uh, okay, this is a movie that Shingai really did advocate for, and mm-hmm. I was a bit on the fence for it. However, Will Camp really does heal all, because this is one of those movies where sheer star power can push you to the top. I think... A theme throughout this season's top 12 is that the cast was stacked. And there was a part of me that wanted to include the Paul Campbell movie because I was feeling he was feeling left out. Sorry, spoiler. (laughs) But yeah, 
Not So Royal Christmas definitely deserved its spot because we have Will Kemp playing against type. He is not some knowledgeable guy. He is not some dancer. He's not some count. He's playing a count. He's pretending to be a count. He's a normie. He is a normie in this movie. And seeing Will Kemp do that just added that little bit of extra Christmas magic. I really appreciated how we he gets a cameo and, you know, a very Scottish holiday or Christmas. But then we really see him come into his own with that with the accent and with just being an all-around good guy, good good kid to his mom. And yeah, really getting method into the acting as a count or whatever the Duke Duchess was. Good movie, pretend country, but all of that is forgiven because once again, Will Kemp really does heal all. This is a recurring theme because just like in with Christmas in Notting Hill, we like the lead guy. We we didn't like the lead girl. And yet the movie, I guess, was strong enough to make it into our yeah. top list. So that's the same. Because I know Patty hates Brooke Dorsey with, you know, <laughs> not a of a thousand yeah. fires. Yeah. And yet. And yet. And yet. Um, yeah. I just recently rewatched An Unexpected Christmas <gasps> on Christmas Day. And oh, in nice. that, Tyler Hines comes up without a beard. Oh they, yeah, he's like very clean shaven there, and that's what they did with Will Camp here. He was clean shaven. That's true. And I think that just adds a little bit more umph because yeah. suddenly you're seeing this person who you've seen every year with fresh eyes because they look completely different. And I think you come into the movie, I don't know, just not expecting you know the the normal thing. Also, I'm glad they brought back his accent because as oh, much yeah. as we did love his movie with Rush Machete, it was just weird that he was playing an American there. Yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> Jolly Good Christmas was gorgeous last year, but I need the accent, and we're so mm-hmm. glad we got it. So I guess we can't have it all. No facial hair, but with accents. You know what? I shall take it. Our next movie, this one I clearly pushed for, <laughs> was a season for family. Our first Miracles of Christmas movie for the season. This is the adoption story with Brendan Penny, my love, and... <laughs> They're set in a ski resort, and then him and the girl he's interested in apparently adopt brothers. So this is a very it's a sappy it's a sappy story. I don't know why I felt yeah I know why I fell for it. <laughs> we but, know <laughs> we know we know, and I'm glad that you know what this this really is a miracle of Christmas because <laughs> this involved two kids. I know <laughs> involved and an adoption, adoption involved two kids and. I still wanted it to be part of the top 12. I know you weren't very happy with this movie when we first watched it, Patty, and you were kind of surprised that it yeah. made it in, but then you, you kept going, well, well, in fairness to this movie, it's actually not bad. Yes, it catches you by surprise. So it was down to this for me, or Autism with Nikita Loach. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much space in my heart for Miracles of Christmas. To be fair, I did advocate for Mystery and Mistletoe Lane with Victor Webster, but he didn't quite make the cut. And so I felt like a season for family brought in just enough family, still Mm -hmm. had, you know, Stacey Farber advocating for her career in the hotel business, but also saw struggling father and confused aunt. Because again, I thought the aunt was the lover in Mm -hmm. this movie. We got that. Easter egg twist. We needed that. Uh, But yeah, Brendan Penny, this guy. Remember when we included a movie from Brendan Penny? Like, was it like two years ago or last year? Because And he was with uh, mm, 
an actress who shall not be named until later. What? <laughs> we, we only included one time for X to come home because it had Brendan Penny oh, yeah. in it. Yeah. I'm so telling you, this guy has happened, I swear. star power. <laughs> there, there was one comment on the Hallmark subreddit where um, the the person was saying, like, how come no one's talking about the autism movie, World Record Christmas? Because she, like, really <gasps> loved it. And how come no one's talking about it? And someone just, like, shut her down and said, there's just too much angst in, in there. <laughs> it's, it's too much. They, they, they went overboard. They A little, mm-hmm. a little, mm-hmm. just a little. But that's okay because our next movie is literally coming to the rescue. One of the two Hallmark movies now's entries is Rescuing Christmas, and it makes it in at number nine. And we have another friend of the pod, Micah, to share her thoughts on this movie. Hi, Patty. Hi, Chingai. So I wanted to talk about Rescuing Christmas, which is one of my top three this year. But the funny thing is that my thoughts were apparently also your thoughts, and I just nodded you know listening to your pod i agreed with everything you both said about this movie i guess what i'll add is that apart from the magical realism there was also a healthy dose of just realism and relatability for me as well because christmas as you know can be very stressful and and fraught as adults and it's less sparkly and less magical than Christmas when you're a kid. But the movie made me think about, you know, what what if this happened in real life? What if there really was no Christmas? And made me realize that I'm not interested in a world (laughs) where Christmas does not exist. So I might be waxing way too philosophical about this movie, but that just goes to show that it really brought the holiday hallmark feels tm and so yeah it was the perfect mix for me of that and delightful comedy of black santa and the charming elves trying to blend in with the muggle folk and finally the best ingredient sam page dashing as ever as you both said and i really really enjoyed how he his character was not like a haughty hotshot but kind of like a boy next door who just really leaned into the fun and absurdity and silliness of recreating this holiday that he had never heard of it was it was like yeah a breath of fresh air to just see him be like all right i'm all in i like you let's do this let's spend time together and do whatever you need me to do Thanks for letting me share my thoughts. Happy New Year. I mean, it's racially cook. It is Sam Page. A Hallmark Movies Now subscription would not stop us from procuring <laughs> this some way or other. Magical realism is always a interesting trope to do. We really enjoyed it last year with Ghosts of Christmas Always. And this year... Hallmark Movies now did a big bet because literally there was already a countdown to Christmas movie with Michael Rady and Lindsay Fonseca with a very similar (laughs) plot point of people forgetting Christmas. And clearly this did make it to our top nine because of one, star power, two, production value, and three, the magical realism of it all just did it, pushed it over the edge with those crazy elves and Black Santa. I... 
enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. I didn't want to give Hallmark movies now a chance, but here I am eating my words. Apparently, the magical realism in Rescuing Christmas did so well that on the Hallmarkies podcast, they actually interviewed one of the elves. <gasps> no! Because <laughs> they oh love them God. so much. They got one of the elves on the show. Magical realism, indeed. I think magical re- realism shows up a lot this year, too. It I don't does. know if that's a sign of the times. <laughs> but, Maybe we just need to escape. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I have a lot to say about this next movie, Mystic Christmas. I cannot believe that this made it into our top 12 because I have never been a fan of Jesse Cham and or Chandler Massey. But again, two hilaos, make a hinog, two nos, make a yes. And this this really uh, kind of blew me away that week. Jesse Schramm did uh, make it to one of our top movies in the past few years. I think it's one. It, it was it that time. It was, it was the, the time, time too. Time for X to come home. Mm-hmm. And here she is again. And look at that. I just really enjoyed this movie. There is no shame to, that comes with my my, my <laughs> pushing for Mystic Christmas. No, no shame at all. I pushed for it even more. And here we are at number eight. I really enjoyed this one. And Chandler Massey is one of those guys who's kind of like cute on paper. But mm-hmm. when you when you suddenly see him move, which is, sorry, it's a knock on him. Didn't quite make it. Wasn't he in the Hunter King wedding movie where she was pretending to be a bridesmaid and he was the writer writing about mm, mm-hmm. the and wanted to dig he deeper? Was- he was also in one of the time travel movies, right? He was with Lindsay Fonseca, I think, mm-hmm. last year or so, and like Christopher Lloyd. So this guy has been around. And for me, and this is the highest compliment to him, he feels like the, uh, I guess, American cousin of Jonathan Bay Leaf. Is that his name? Jonathan? Oh, Bridgerton Anthony. Bridgerton, yes. Mm-hmm. To me, he has that vibe of like, you know, kind of boyish next door. And never quite, I, I love John the Bailey for, for the record, but I feel bad that Chandler Massey just doesn't get the credit because he hasn't been hitting the marks. And with this one, he did. And this movie was surprising and a number eight slot. Guys, our number gonna, eight slots in the past years is just like wild. So I'm going to have to admit, though, that I don't remember what this movie was about. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mystic Christmas, which I shockingly do remember, is the visiting, like, oceanographer, like, seal person who takes care of that. The Jesse seals. Shram. The seals the with seals. Patty Murin and the interns and yes, them they're dating. And he went, yes, and he okay, wrote her okay, a letter, okay. but Thank never you. sent it. Yes, Thank so you, you do remember it. It's just that we watched 45 movies, and this yeah. is what happens. But uh-huh. it did, once your memory gets jogged, Mm-hmm. It was cool and it was cute and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And again, the miracle here is that Jessie Schramm is back because we will mm-hmm. never forget her Nashville Christmas singing thing, which will forever be with heaven down here. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the last of the bottom half of the nice list at number seven, Patty advocated for this movie so hard. I am speaking of myself in the third person because I literally just came from watching this with my sister. And if all things work out, she's going to send me that voice note because Holiday Hotline with Niall Mater 
matters to me. After a string of really good Hanukkah movies, it was nice to sit down and watch one for Christmas. And this had a lot to live up to after watching, well, Jeremy Jordan. But food and romance, that's an easier sell for me. Yep, I appreciate this whole spin on a widower's second chance at love, John Jack learning to open up himself in an anonymous way through the turkey hotline to Peggy that set the stage for the real-world romance that he had with Abby. And yes, that whole creative staging device used of putting the characters in one frame or setting during the calls was refreshing but also made the chemistry a lot more believable. I watched this with Ed, my husband, and he's the true hallmark aficionado. Admittedly, I had to dip in and out, so I asked him about his thoughts. And for him, the moral of the story is there's no good time to tell the truth, so just go ahead and say it. And this always seems to be the tension with these kinds of plot lines, so I'm glad that it didn't drag out for too long until that doorstep kiss. Next time, you should hear from him. Guys, this was the movie that could have, would have, should have for Chingai. Because for me, it had all her tropes. It had architecture. <laughs> it had meaningful conversations, DM. And it is literally, you've got mail, but make it Hallmark. And so, unfortunately, it didn't hit those marks for Chingai. But somehow, but, but it made it to number seven. Because it made it for me. <laughs> and after just rewatching it, my sister and her husband, Ed, who is a, the biggest fan of Hallmark movies, really enjoyed it. And I feel like they blended enough family, like, you know, dead mom, cooking, whatever. The two parallel lives of John and Peggy slash Jack and Abby. Again, the reason why I love this movie so much to me, it was like one of my favorites this season is because of the storytelling device of putting them in the same scene without really interacting, interacting whenever they're on the phone together. And my sister called that out too because honestly, it was everything. I also today, I learned after rewatching it and having a conversation earlier today that Peggy is a nickname for Margaret. What? What? Yeah. So my sister brought it up because they were... Like, my nephew was in the house, and he was saying, there's your peg, me. I am his peg because, you know, bratty oh. child. And then my, my mom goes, Peggy, Aunt Peggy. And I go, oh, my gosh, my high school teacher used to call me Peggy. And they were like, what is Peggy short for? And my sister, Pammy, goes, Margaret. I'm like, oh, my God, how do you remember this? And it's because of Mad Men. Peggy had Margaret as her first oh. name. And then we watch Holiday Hotline right after, and Margaret, the lady that... Abby replaced at the holiday hotline's full name was Peg Margaret. And so when the neighbor, right? And so when Abby decides to take the sub spot and has to have an American name for her accent, she chooses Peggy. What? It's all coming together. They really you cannot, thought about this. Yeah. They thought about it. I am a fan. Niall Mater can wear that mm -hmm. Christmas sweater any day. And he was effective for me. I have no words. I wasn't like I wasn't uh, pleased with this movie when we were reviewing it the week it came out. But I have to say, the production value of this movie was pretty good. Like with those scenes where they have them talking to each other, but in the same in the same scene, but they're really not in the same scene. Not just that. I feel like the the start of the movie, the opening credits were done very well. Kind of mm. a nod to Mad Men as well. It was like yes. kind of you know that that. Five. That level of, I don't know, fun, hallmark. It 
they're they're always gonna do a you've got mail some kind of you've got mail version and this while it didn't fulfill my very exacting standards i think it's worthy <laughs> of being in the top 12 because it's something that unlike mystic christmas where it's like what the heck was this movie i don't remember holiday hotline i'm not gonna forget because yeah. you, you hear holiday hotline and you know immediately you know, what it's gonna be about yeah to be fair to mystic christmas what I guess the town was called Mystic. That Mystic, part I don't even yeah. remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then how are you supposed to remember a plot line from that, right? So mm. I'm not gonna knock it. Guys, watch it. Twelve to seven. We've got it under our belts. When we are back, we have hit the mother load, our top six favorites from 2023 when we're back on But Make It Hallmark. are finally talking about our top six movies from Countdown to Christmas and Miracles of Christmas. Are you excited? I am because I I can't wait to talk about number six, my Christmas guide, our second Miracle of Christmas movie. This is a surprise, okay? Mm. I, this movie was so sentimental with the blind with a blind guy, <laughs> with a daughter, and then and then our Heartland girl with all her animals. I mean, it, it, it was almost like they set it up to fail in our eyes because it had all these elements that we like to rag on week after mm. week. And that's why it felt like they pulled the, the rug out from under us because, oh my God, the, the, this blind guy is super attractive. <laughs> he... He, he's a professor. That's I remember, Patty. You were like, "Do I like these professorial types?" Actually, I think I do. And I'm I like, do. I don't like animals. But then, you know, when we see her with a dog, and it's like, oh my god, my heart. I must admit, I am a sentimental kind of person, and maybe this came like at the right time in my cycle because I pushed <laughs> for this really hard. I really, really like this movie. It's like way up on my yes. on my list. I I don't know. It was just, I cried. I think this was the first movie I cried at <laughs> in like, this year, <laughs> and it was. You're kind of like rooting for the underdog where, you know, we didn't have the big the Andrew Walkers or the Tyler Hines in this movie. And and still, it did really well. It Like Holiday Hotline, I'm going to hear my Christmas guide and know exactly what movie they're talking about. I'm sorry that this beat out autism. It's not <laughs> like we're ranking. <laughs> we're ranking the different causes here. But we haven't had a blind dude yet. We haven't. No. We haven't. So he deserves his time in the sun. Of all the people who deserve to be grumps, it is this man. And Mm -hmm. yet he was not a Grinch at all. He had a positive vibe. He did a good, I felt it's hard to do a representation of, you know, a cause in a sense because it contains multitudes. But he did it so well. And guys... It made me Google, is he really blind in real life? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And now I kind of want to watch you because he's in it. I do have a thing for a slightly nerdy guy. And this man hit the spot. I was so scared because seeing the trailers for this Miracles of Christmas yeah. movie with Amber, who I can never take away from Heartland anymore. I was really nervous, but it 
excelled with flying colors. All the little details about how, you know, he was feeling his way through his clothing and how he puts a device to it so he knows what color it is to how he has a hard time with, like, people pitying him in the school and, like, you know, he just wants to live a normal life. And so it just did really well. Their chemistry was electric. He was such a nice guy. But sexy, you know? Sexy, nice guy. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, again, by the end of it, you're like, why am I so turned on by this man? (laughs) And that is not a feeling you feel with Miracles of Christmas, guys. That is not the feeling. And so my Christmas guide guided us to Mm -hmm. the the promised land because, (laughs) honestly, the real miracle of all. No big stars. And yet, number six on our best movies of the year. At number five, we have a sequel with Haul Out the Holly lit up with Wes Brown and Lacey Chabert. Lacey Chabert was um, going to make it. Okay, I, I take it back. I said that Marcus Rosner was the hardest working dude <laughs> this year. Lacey Chabert mm. is the hardest working lady Always. this year because she has two movies and it was Haul Out the Holly that made it to our top it's our top five movie because Haul Out the Holly is the comedic ensemble that just knocks everyone else out of the park because it, it's Hallmark making fun of itself mm. and it's they're bringing in such a tight knit group of people. You still remember them from oh, yeah. Haul Out the Holly in the past year. You, you remember the story continues, you know, it's like meeting up with a friend you hadn't seen in a year and, and, it's like no time has passed. That's what it feels like. And they, they added on another group of people who just like seamlessly joined the group. Jolly and Johnsons. Then, yeah. And then we know that they're they're going to have a wedding. They're going to have to have a wedding. So this is coming back a third time. Um, we just wish the Christmas house did the same. But I know. This is such a... I'm not a Wes Brown fan. I'm really not. But I think he found his... I don't know. He found his niche with Haul Out the Holly. Because it's not a serious... I don't think they should put him in very serious movies. I like how he plays on the like the HOA mm. nerdness of it all. And, and I love how they brought in the parents. It was It's just a good time. This movie, it feels like you put it on for the entire family. It is truly the, I guess, ensemble movie of the year. I really, really enjoyed this sequel. Haul Out the Holly won. <laughs> the original, was just such a high concept, making fun of itself, self-aware Hallmark movie. And it gave Lacey a chance to really extend her comedy chops. And she does it so well. I actually was really surprised by Wes Brown because I don't think I've ever truly, truly like seen him as a leading man. I think one of the favorite movies, well, favorite of the West Brown um, oeuvre is when he did <laughs> like check in at Christmas with Rachel Boston. I thought he was cute there. And that like pecan pie romance thingy with the Asian girl. I really like that one as well. Oh my God. Sweet Peak and Summer. Yeah, Sweet yeah. Peak and Summer. I like that one too, where, you know, they were selling the, the place and she, that was cute. So seeing Wes Brown finally get like his due with this and dad bod and all, I am so, I, I loved it. And of course he cameos later on as well, but we'll get to that in a bit. So Haul Out the Holly lit up, the serves Haul Out the Holly 3, 
wedding season. I don't know. But it we need to give it that because Christmas House could not. <laughs> and so we will uh, exert our energies onto this one instead. But it was really good. I, I enjoyed this one. Coming in at number four. We've hit the top four, guys. And it's no surprise that the Captain America of the Hallmark Cinematic Universe, Andrew Walker, is in it with Rachel Scarton uh, on Christmas Island. And again, the New York Times article that my dad sent always has this, like, you know, the, the typical tropes um, of the jobs that these characters have. And in nowhere in that list that they've reviewed had a air air traffic controller and pilot. So this defied expectations. And when Andrew Walker appears, magic happens. And I'm so happy he's finally broken his Christmas curse because this was such a good movie for Andrew. He still played the local hero. He still played the hometown boy. But he had something larger about him. And seeing him paired with MI6 nanny... <laughs> turned turned pilot uh, pilot turned nanny again technically for an entire rich family now that i realize it it was a really nice touch this was a family movie in itself as well because we have andrew walker's family we have the family that the rich family that gets stuck on the island and usually i would be a bit annoyed because it really did over index on the children but I didn't. I thought it was cute that the eldest daughter got to bond with the grandpa from another hardworking man this year from a good witch or that the parents kind of, you know, got to get in touch back with their passions rather than just, you know, following the, you know, rich people trope in Hallmark movies. They made rich people have a heart in this one. Yeah, it was I, I enjoyed it a lot. Knowing this charm like Andrew Walker, I think he's one of the he, he he's one of like the the actors with the most number of Hallmark movies. And it's fun, interesting that in the Vulture article they talk mm. about how he actually helped Tyler uh, yeah. come into the fold, right? I'm really supportive of these working actors, you know, and and it it's just so it's so so refreshing to see them be serious about their jobs and to actually enjoy it and and have like that old Hollywood studio system for the modern age with these movies. Andrew Walker just owns it. Like he knows what he's good at and he knows that people look forward to it year after year. And it's not stale, even if he's been doing this for what, nine, ten years. Amazing. He's, he's still good at it. And I'm still interested in seeing him do all all sorts of jobs, right? He was a fireman last year. He's an air Ooh. traffic controller this year. I mean, the possibilities are endless. What could he be next year? I, I like these two blondes coming together, which is like <laughs> rare. pretty rare for me. Yeah, yeah they, they just, they played off each other so well. This is kind of like a quintessential Hallmark plot line. And yet... And seeing yeah. it's so masterfully done by these two actors was so good that it, you know it this this just made it to the top. There's there was no doubt that well, actually there was some doubt because Andrew <laughs> has hasn't with the Maple Valley Christmas and yes. you know it wasn't it wasn't that great. But I'm yeah he's been he's been hitting home runs he these does. past two years. Yeah, so yeah. we're happy about that. And don't forget my family Christmas tree. Uh, yes. That was a cute one too with Amy Teagarden that mm -hmm. he's done. So I think ever since like the Christmas on like, what is it? Like a, 
was it like a cherry lane, but like a summer Christmas lane or whatever with the redhead, the redhead, yeah, the redhead lady. I forget her name, Alicia, Alicia Witt. Mm -hmm. And so what I really liked about that Vulture article is that we see these guys pay tribute to Hallmark Channel that has given them steady incomes without pandering being very authentic about it of like yeah we're grateful it's a job and you know the 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 company is good but also not diminishing the rom-com i really appreciated that about them and the article itself so yeah christmas island also what is our prediction for uh rachel scarton's next job or you know job in the movie because she's done mi6 slash nanny and she's done pilot now it has to be a job with a tight bun. Yeah, it has to be a tight bun movie. <laughs> Gataka. She will she will play Gataka, so we'll have our first Hallmark movie in space. And it'll be Gataka, but make it Hallmark. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why, so, who, so who plays Ethan Hawke? Oh, God. <laughs> Big shoes to fill. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Richard Harmon. Let's talk... <laughs> Let's talk. Soap your mouth. (laughs) Okay, okay. Keeping it in the family. Okay, from Andrew Walker. We're coming into the top three movie with Tyler Hines, Chanel Parrish. And I just rewatched this movie and I don't remember Blonde Girl's name. It's okay. Sorry, she has three (laughs) names in, in her name. And anyway, anyway. Never been crisp with Tyler Hines as the quintessential big man on campus. Mm. This was another friendship movie, which I truly appreciated because it really did it did things differently. Like I personally didn't know where this was going. I liked how they concentrated on the friendship between the two girls and how, you know, uh friendships among women are complicated there's so many layers here you know you can be best friends with someone but harbor you know harbor a lot of other feelings and i like how this was brought up in this movie with with the the romance kind of being in the background sometimes but tyler hines you know he could have just played the extra here because Mm. the focus was on the friends but he didn't because he played big man on campus very very well he was just very nonchalant kind of guy. And again, he was a teacher, <laughs> a pretend vegan, you know, sometimes pescatarian. <laughs> That's so funny. The comedy bits here were very subtle, but they were very spot on. I loved how they kind of flashed high school, like real high school pictures from members of the cast. That so was cute. fun. Then, then, you know, we've done so many high school reunions over the last mm. couple of years. But this was different because, you know, the, the two nerds or the two outsiders were finally sitting in the cool kids' table. So what, what's that like? That was another angle that I think, you know, did things a little different, differently. So I like how they're bringing up the same stories but approaching them from different angles. And then we get something totally unexpected i also remember here how like they had the dream sequence since the two girls had crushes on chris silver <laughs> right and then i was i was like okay why is why is the blonde girl kissing him like what are they doing but you know you know it's gotta be janelle parish so that was fun janelle parish she's she's always in our top she's top always movies. she always is so yeah i look forward to seeing her again next year i hope and I mean, Tyler Hines, I think, is always going to be part of our top 12. Um, maybe he chooses movies well, or movies choose him. The right movies choose him. 
<laughs> as they should. Never Been Kissed is such a good play on words. And I did love Never Been Kissed, Drew Barrymore, you know, Michael Vartan. And this really is the reliving of your high school selves. And I obviously have looked up to American high school movies my whole life from 10 Things I Hate About You to like, you know, all that. And this is the, this is that movie of like what happens 10 years later, what happens after the reunion. And finally they get the reunion right I enjoyed the ensemble cast here. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed Tyler Hines a lot. I think he poked fun at himself so much in this movie that it was just such a refreshing thing. And you didn't know where it was going to go. You didn't know how it was going to end when he was turning like a little snarky and a little annoying towards that. I'm like, oh my God, is this not, are they not going to end up together? But they made it work. Janelle Parrish is such a revelation. And I'm just so excited to see her in more and more things. But also, if we were going to get really strict about it, technically this was half a Hanukkah movie because blonde actress, um, one of the lead girls, was celebrating Hanukkah. And so I was telling Chingai, technically we have like five and a half five. Hanukkah movies. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. yeah, five and a half Hanukkah movies because if we count Double Holiday and in the four years we've been doing this, this could technically make it so that we didn't have to wait three more years <laughs> to have the complete set of Hanukkah movies. But Never Been Chris, Tyler Hines, he just can't do anything wrong. Not a foot out of line. That pretend vegan thing was hilarious. And like, I don't know why they wanted to do that, but I really appreciated where they went. By the way, this was so effective. Like I was watching this at like 9 p.m., I had to hit pause, make myself a hot chocolate, <laughs> and get and get some cheese, <laughs> because there's that scene where um, they do the you know, he says, "Oh yeah, it's a vegan, it's a vegan restaurant." Whilst eating cheese, and so you know, I had I had to eat it because you know Tyler's there, and I could pretend that I was on that date with him, as it should be. Mm-hmm. You guys, that's number three. So you can imagine what our top two are and you don't have to imagine very much because coming in as the second best movie of the year, and honestly, it was a debate of whether either of these would be one or two because I would just call it a tie, but we do like to rank things here. And at the end of the day, a Biltmore Christmas comes in at number two with none other than Bethany Joy Lenz and Christopher Palaha. And I could just stop the podcast now and just say, yep, that's it. Because I think it speaks for itself. We do a time travel, but not kind of movie. We get them traveling through time. We have them doing both sides of the coin really well. A Biltmore Christmas is finally the prestige period piece that Hallmark has always wanted to do. And because it was Bethany Joy Lenz, because it was Christopher Palaha, they finally got that hit this is how you do gilded age (laughs) but make it hallmark and it made me so happy that on christopher palaha's incredibly broad shoulders we see him play this up-and-coming actor that is just trying to get his name out there and we have plucky investigative you know like writer uh bethany joy lens really wanting to make it work and i i really just from the costumes to the dialogue to the movie within a movie we have the west brown and rachel boston cameo we have this beautiful grounds we have the just gorgeous gorgeous people doing heavy lifting and lots of authentic conversations because it is a hallmark movie and it is a period piece they can't be touching at all and so 
<laughs> this was just a true joy to watch and it was spectacular. I want to go to the Biltmore now. I realized that it was a very effective tourism thing. North Carolina, apparently, here I come. I also rewatched this today, right before recording, and I, I liked it even more than the first time I saw it. I was paying attention to other details in the movie, like the, the scoring, the music was, was very fitting of the period. Again, the Biltmore is a gorgeous, gorgeous place, and... You know, we've seen our fair share of castles and mm. th- this was different because, yeah. because they worked with the Biltmore. And I think they should be doing that a lot more because the result is like way, way, way better than anything we've ever seen before. There were so many, like the way they speak, the way mm. the, the 40, 1940s people speak, it's very... It's it's accurate to the time, at least as far as I know. I'm not from the 1940s, but um, the the trailers, the the little the little details, even like the who is he, like the Carson of the Biltmore yes. in current in current day. Even he felt like he embodied the role. And I don't know. I think Bethany Joy Lenz is just she she. You put her in a movie, and it instantly does well. So uh, Hallmark was right in making this like the grand reveal for um, Countdown to Christmas 2023. I, I feel like they they put all their eggs in this one basket and it, it really paid off. Girl, I am now on the Biltmore's website, like looking at how much it would stay to stay at the Village Hotel. Okay, so how much? $540 for one night. Well, that's not so bad. Not terrible. Not, not terrible. So bad. And that's I mean, because it's peak. Get, yeah. It's peak now. Get, I, I'm assuming you get it to tour the grounds. Yes, Wasn't yes, the Biltmore yes. like? Because I I am still on a Gilded Age high. The the Biltmore was done by the Vanderbilts, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. That was their property. So I would pay five hundred dollars. However, if you if you stay on the 29th of December, it is one thousand five hundred seventy. But at okay, its we'll cheapest, just go off season. yeah, yeah, off, just go off yeah. season. Exactly, you can go as low as like three hundred dollars a night. Well, so that's that's fine. I guess we're going yeah. to Asheville. I mean, okay, <laughs> North Carolina. Here we come. Here we come. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe it. We're in our top one movie. We are, guys. I, come like on. Like I said, it's just my magical realism over and over again <laughs> this year. Um, I guess everyone knows what it is. It's we round and round. Our number one movie for Countdown to Christmas is the Hanukkah movie starring Vic McKinnis, Brian Greenberg, Rick Hoffman, the movie I watched thrice and will be watching <laughs> again before the year ends. Sci-fi, comedy, all the Jewish traditions. All I the best. melt with you. I'm just like rattling off all the things that, you know, <laughs> I love about this movie. I can't, like, they made time travel. They made Groundhog Day believable. I don't know how. <laughs> it was magic. How? It was it was on another level. I know that, you know, a Biltmore Christmas was also on another level. And that's why I feel like it's not really a top one, top two movie, yeah. but rather a tie. A tie, yeah. Yeah, because they're so different. It's apples and oranges, Hanukkah and Christmas. Yeah. The, round and round. 
I don't know why the Hanukkah movies are always on another level, and and this one in particular so really good. hit me. Maybe it was because of Brian Greenberg, but also Rachel, our lead girl. She was she's so she good. was one of a kind. She was like she was an actress with a capital. I found out that she was also part of the what is it improv group from the comedy Chicago brigade. where yeah the yeah, 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 where yeah Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are part of that were part of that too so I mean she she has what it takes to pull off this movie Rick Hoffman as the dad the twist where Amazing. it's a family it's a family tradition over the generations everyone in their family has spun the dreidel and gone back in time until they find their soulmate. And our grandma, our favorite grandma, best grandma across ever, all the Hanukkah ever, movies. Ever, <laughs> She's here again. And uh, her relationship with her granddaughter, we have the cousin from London. We have the nerds <laughs> from the comic book shop. I, I just have, this movie takes such a big, big space in my heart. And it's something that I'm going to watch outside of the season for sure. It's so good. I forced every sibling to watch this, but most especially my sister who is about to marry into a Jewish family. And so I'm just going to leave her review here. Well, their review here, because I was like, girl, you have to watch this. Hi, this is Paula. Hi, this is Jonathan. We'll call him Yoni. Exactly. Anyway... The movie, Round and Round, I thought was really fun. It was super cute. It was cringy at first with all the stereotypes. The, the <laughs> American Jewish uh, stereotypes. <laughs> of the holiday. With, yeah, with the dreidel. And the dra- the, of course, the dreidel and the latkes. And the latkes. And the, and, yeah. and, and, the, the, like, and the baba, the bubba, the bubba. Exactly. And it's like, it's kind of like an American kind of like they're trying to be like christmas because the jews in america are trying to be because yes. they don't have christmas yes that's right? so they also want to celebrate something <laughs> but it was so, so it's cute. very different but yeah. it was cute and the twist was i don't know i like the twist yeah the kind of reminds me how i met you when i you know i spun the dreidel for seven days <laughs> that's it and honestly i think if I can get my little sister, who doesn't really watch Hallmark movies unless I force her <laughs> to watch this for me and actually really enjoy it. She was skeptical in the beginning. She was texting me. She's like, oh my God, I'm cringing. And literally like 20 minutes later, she's like, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> and it is that turnaround that really, really makes Round and Round amazing. Because my other sister, Pammy, when I forced her to watch it as well, she was like, wow, this doesn't feel like a Hallmark movie. And they watch the best of the best Hallmark movies because I only make them watch the really good ones. Mm -hmm. And so for them to even be like, this is even a level up than what we usually see is where I'm just like, yeah, it is something else. And so I am just really, really impressed. I can't wait to see next year's Hanukkah movie because for a season of 45 Christmas movies and we get one Hanukkah one every year. I won't complain we only get one if they are this quality. Right. Shingai said that after she watched this, Hallmark should stop making movies. And honestly, I would be okay because this was brilliant. The actors were amazing. Rick Hoffman needs to be in more movies in general. He's a great dad. We need dads like him in the Hallmark cinematic universe. I would love to see 
Vic Michaelis in more things. She was so good. And of course, of course, you want Brian Greenberg and everything. So <laughs> come enjoy this movie the way we have. It has been such a treat. <sighs> and that's our number one. Guys, you know we can't end this season, this year, without doing one last Mary Kill. And so we will do that after the break on But Make It Hallmark. We are back. Welcome back to But Make It Hallmark. Thanks for joining us. I know we gabbed a lot in that last half because, again, how can you not about the top six movies from 2023? But we've been doing this podcast for four years now. And Shingai and I thought it would be a nice treat to kind of share which of the number one movies from the past four years we think would be the best among the best. So just to, I guess... Uh, give you guys a refresher. In 2020, we ranked Christmas Waltz as number one. In 2021, it was Christmas House 2. In 2022, it was Hanukkah and Rai. And then in 2023, it was Round and Round. So, Chingai, I am going to go out on a limb here and go back to the OG Christmas mm-hmm. Waltz as my favorite among the four. And I think it was because, one, Will Kemp. Two, <laughs> it was the first time Lacey Chabert released it out for me. And I'm like, oh, I like her. And obviously the dancing. I definitely forced the most number of friends to watch that one. And I definitely watched it too many times. And I didn't get sick of it. That that dancing on the road when they did that little piece still is very clear in my memory. And even if I put that movie in this year's lineup, in every year's lineup, I feel like it still stands out and it would break into the number one or number two even. We watched Christmas Waltz live together at the same time. <laughs> and you're right. I I would I completely get you. I I think it is now a classic. It's a new classic. But I'm gonna have to choose Hanukkah Onrai as my top one, top one. Because it's Jeremy Jordan. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, because because it's the trope that I love. And because it they managed to they managed to bring so many elements together in such a different smart and cohesive way i think that it's only right that you chose christmas waltz and i went with hanukkah and rai cuz then we get two sides of the coin for our top one top one hanukkah always does do the trick and i, I just watched hanukkah and rai yesterday as a rewatch with my sister and it is a master class in New York, in Bubbies, in everything. And it has five-star Christmas grandma. It has round-around grandma. The same grandma. Honestly, I'm just crowning the grandmas for all season. So protect this lady at all costs. But we would never end a episode without going to our favorite segment of <laughs> Mary Kill. We are going to spare you the kills because we've killed too many people this holiday season and I think y'all deserve a break. So instead, we're going to just spread love and positivity and just fucking mm-hmm. and do a fuck and a marry. I am going to start. I know I did a lot of sex sandwiches this uh, season, but for my fuck, it all comes back to the same folks and 
as you can tell, I have a type. I am fucking Christopher Palaha in all his 1940s glory. I am showing him the new girl, new age, um, girl boss gatekeep (laughs) (laughs) Um, century. But honestly, this man is just aging like a fine wine. And I know he's a bit like hippy dippy in real life, but in this movie, he was just old school shoulders, height, swagger. Yes, let's go, Chris Palaha. My 2023 end of year holiday fuck. <laughs> my my fuck is the guy from my Christmas guy. <laughs> I'm going against type here because like my very basic choices year in and year out. You know, if I if I juxtapose that against real life, like it never really works out. And I think <laughs> I'm turning a new leaf in life. And I think that choosing the professor, choosing the dad, <laughs> choosing the sen- sensitive, well-meaning guy who is still quite hot Super will hot. be what changes my life. <laughs> It's what will, it's what will it's make the dreidel stop. On his shoulders, but I think he can handle it. Shockingly, Benjamin Mel is not on our height list, so I'm going to have to add him. Anyway, Chingai, thank you for sharing that fuck with me. There is that rule that whenever Victor Webster appears, I need to marry him. And his movie didn't quite make it to our joint top 12 or 15, but... He made it into my heart, and he will make it into my heart every year. Victor Webster on Mystery and Mistletoe Lane has the very big honor of we'll take care of you. And I am so excited to just let him take care of me. I need more Victor Webster leaning on walls. I need more Victor Webster taking care of me. I need Victor Webster in my life, period. We're getting married. Chingai, you're always invited. No surprise always. there. I no surprise. am marrying Brendan Penny. <laughs> no surprise there either. I guess it's the year of the dads. It I is. Suppose. It is. I think um, we're also in that part of our cycle and that age group now. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not apologizing for this. He no. wants to he wants no. to get serious and commit then you know i'm showing up because i i who I are can, we I can, who are we to say who no are we this podcast has seen our evolution as people and our growth <laughs> <laughs> it's all if nothing else this podcast is growth yes <laughs> you guys we've made it to another end of the year and we want to thank everybody for joining us i know we did a short season this year it was basically just one episode and then the the holidays and we'll see next year what uh, new year new movies has in store for us and whether we break the curse but i want to thank chingai my literal ride or die for being the hallmark sherpa that you have been guiding us through this season and making sure (laughs) we do this and thanks to everyone if you aren't if you haven't subscribed or you know follow the show please do we are you know on spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts but we're also on the socials we are at make it hallmark on twitter and at but make it hallmark on instagram we'd love it if you followed us gave us your thoughts and uh told us what you think about this year's slate thank you everyone we'll see you guys thank next you, year everyone. 
Happy, Happy New Year. Year.